it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Everybody is trying to see if Nebraska can pull the major upset on national TV here today. Nisley out top with 15 to shoot. Dribbles against Spark. The right elbow. Shelly throws down low. Markowski kicks it out to Jazz. Knocked away by Marshall. Seven to shoot. Six to shoot. Shelly's three. Bad jump. Huskers take their first lead of the game with 30 seconds left. You betcha. Second-ranked Iowa, 30 seconds to go, and they are going crazy at PBA. Listen to this crowd. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd Ad Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Robbie Lula. We are joined on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline by Matt Coatney, play-by-play voice of Nebraska women's basketball. Matt, how are you this morning? Gentlemen, it is a great day to be <laughs> with you. I enjoy being on with you guys. Thank you. Hey, MC, how we doing, buddy? I feel like we should be in the studio. You should be teaching me music or telling <laughs> jokes or changing, adjusting my seat. This is, this, is, uh, this is probably a bigger treat for me than it is for you. Ano, I enjoy our football broadcast so much because DB doesn't realize he's on the radio. He thinks he's a public speaker because he's working the room. He's looking at Sharpie. Then he looks at Benny Mac. Then he turns to the back row and looks at me. Then he looks at the field like he's addressing the game officials. It's a bad habit. My da- I'm telling you, Coat, I got it from my dad. He's like, you need to look at who you're talking to so they know you're talking to them. So I'm constantly doing that. I apologize. I know. It's the greatest thing in the world. It makes me pay attention. I can zoom off the space. I'm like, nope, DB's going to look at me. And you're like 15 feet an exaggeration. You're like six feet above me in the catbird seat, too. So I'm like breaking my neck. I'm, I'm like, Coat, what do you think? Like, what are you seeing? <laughs> Uh, well, Matt, I'm glad that uh, he's not just helpless with me and that uh, his other jobs. 
people have to help him with menial tasks like fixing oh. his chair height and stuff as well. Have you ever sat in a chair after Damon Benning? I mean, he's well aware. Oh, I'm a yeah. high chair guy. Oh yeah. I used to go at the old studio. I used to just ride that thing down like an elevator, just like all the way to the bottom floor. Yeah. He's basically standing up. I don't know why he has a chair. You mean you you have got to have been a veteran of spaghetti westerns in order to get in a Damon Benning chair? I mean, you could you could be a professional rodeo rider if you can follow Damon. Oh. <laughs> Do you, do you remember that first day? Limbo underneath the height of that every time. I wouldn't even have to duck. I'm this, just this walking around. a right couple under. of years ago, and Coach's yeah. like, who's sitting in the high chair? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a joke the first time I came in after DB was in our studio. I'm like, nope, that's just how he sits. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> Matt, I uh, wanted to go back to last week where – Obviously, you had that great game between Nebraska and Iowa. Everybody's there kind of watching to see if Kaitlin Clark can break the all-time scoring record, and all of a sudden, a Nebraska comeback sort of broke out. How, as you're watching that and, and kind of as you're preparing for that game, it's kind of challenging being the broadcaster on the other side of history, right, or potentially on the other side of history. How did you prepare for potentially having to call that moment? Obviously, that didn't happen, but I'm sure it's something you thought about. It's something I thought about. I, you know, I got interviewed a lot last week, and everybody asked me the same question, same question you just asked me. You know, how are you going to handle it? And I said, you know, this is the Huskers radio network, not the Caitlin Clark radio network, and certainly not the Iowa radio network. We're going to pay the proper respect to the moment obviously i'm you know i vote on many many national committees i've been part of women's sports since 1982 since the first year of division one i have great respect for for all women's sports but my listening audience cares about jazz shelley and alexis markowski and so that was my focus and the other thing that jeff reach and i consistently told people was we've seen the Nebraska program beat the number two team in the nation before. That happened in 2005 when eventual national champion Baylor fell on the Devaney Center. And I said, you know, a team that gets overlooked is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I said, and we're not going to forget that on our broadcast. And I don't think we did. We we gave the Caitlin Clark story its due attention, certainly, but there were lots of other outlets if you really wanted to know all about Caitlin Clark that you could tune into we wanted to make sure the Nebraska story was well represented and well covered. This team is a perfect example of uh, expectation levels kind of being fluid. I thought, you and I talked about this. I think early on I was like, oh, my gosh, I, this Nebraska team may be better than I thought at this particular juncture from what I thought during the regular season. And as it's playing out, you, you have the big, the big win, and most recently you're in Columbus and – kind of took that one on the chin and Ohio State is good that was the only other team at the time to have beaten Iowa when you're looking at staying in the moment where is this basketball team relative to what you thought you were getting at the beginning of the season well it's all about Natalie Potts okay because yeah. there was a big chunk when I know you and I talked about this when Allison Widener went down that was a gut punch yep. because Widener gave Nebraska the ability to come off the bounce from the wing and get to the free throw line and an elite wing defender. You don't just replace those people. 
What we didn't know at the time was the impact that Natalie Potts, this at the time, what I call a 13th grader. You've not seen him play in a college game. You know, Missouri State High School Player of the Year, but I looked at her early in practice and said, you know, is going to have to gain at least 10 pounds before she can post up anybody in the Big Ten. To Amy Williams' credit, they've not used her that way. She is an elite on-the-ball defender. Her length she's long. on the yeah. wing. You know, oh, boy, I mean, she's got some length. But here's the thing, DB, that you can't measure just by looking at somebody is their basketball instincts and their IQ. She is a winner. And when she's at the front of a one-two-two half-court trap, it bothers other teams. She's deceptively quick, and she's like an antelope in transition. So that was a factor that I really hadn't thought about. And then replacing Izzy Bourne, Jessica Petrie, different kind of player, but really has kind of done that and has given really good minutes um, in relief of Alexis Markowski. The other thing is Markowski's game has been so much more consistent this year. She's really not been in foul trouble much at all, maybe, maybe once or twice. She has been in double figures pretty much every game until the Ohio State game. And she's playing game. 30 minutes a night. Yeah, no, she, she and Jazz Shelley are playing significant minutes. In Amy Williams' system, she'd prefer they wouldn't play that much. But So those are the things that we really didn't understand, the consistency of Markowski, the impact that Potts was going to have, and then how Jessica Petrie could come in and, and really give Markowski a blow for those times that she's not in there. Look, Nebraska has been leading the Big Ten in rebound margin throughout the year, and that was my number one thing I thought Nebraska would struggle with this year. And so far, it hasn't been an issue. We're talking with Matt Coatney, play-by-play voice for Nebraska women's basketball. Uh, Matt, you had kind of a roller coaster last week, right? You've got the high of beating Iowa, keeping Caitlin Clark from the record. Then you've got the low of the performance against a really good Ohio State team where I'm sure they hoped to have at least a better showing than what happened there. But Ohio State just kind of jumped on them. How do you think that type of week affects the rest of the regular season as they've got four games left to close out their schedule? You know, this is what I said at the end of the broadcast the other day. You know, sometimes we can get too big into the moment. Yeah. If you'd have told me after the dreadful loss to Rutgers mm-hmm. that Nebraska going on the road at Michigan, okay, which was an NCAA tournament team last year, home to the number two ranked team in the country in Iowa, and then on the road at number two, Ohio State, did they go two and one? I'd take that every time. Okay? So if you start looking at the season in chunks, you take a look at that three-game stretch, that was a pretty impressive stretch by Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And throughout the margin, Nebraska had one day to prepare for Ohio State coming off all the the afterglow of that. I, I, I and, and I talked to Kevin McGuff. I've known Kevin McGuff, Ohio State's head coach, for about 20 years. He came up after the game to talk to me and, he said, look, you didn't sneak in here. He said, we wanted to break that number two jinx pretty much every week. If a the number two team in the country gets replaced like it did this week, that new number two has lost. Yeah. And Ohio State didn't want to be the, the newest victim of that. But the other thing I'm going to say here is that coming up, Nebraska has their final four games, two at home and two on the road, all winnable games. And I, I even hate saying that because – People are like, oh, well, you'll be favored in these four games. Well, N- Nebraska lost at home to Rutgers, mm-hmm. okay? You, you you have got to not think of these four games in that stretch, but since we're talking about it, we will. Uh, Nebraska has a really good chance. If they can go 3-1 and one in this stretch, 
then I feel really, really good about this season. They erased the record's loss with the win over Iowa and maybe erased it and then times .5. If they just take care of business in three of the last four here, their their NCAA tournament chances, I think, are really good. So, Matt, when you look at kind of the – everybody always talks about 20 wins. I – that's definitely changed, in my opinion. It's like oh, yeah. winning 200 games in, in baseball as a pitcher or 300. Like, you, you have to kind of adjust your eyeballs in terms of what 20 means. But you do go 3-1, and one, and obviously March 6th, I think, starts the first round of, of the Big Ten tournament. Can a, is Nebraska, in your opinion, able to handle lo, not looking ahead but thinking big picture? Can they – is this a team where you look at their maturity and you're like, okay, we can speak it into existence but still stay dialed in in the moment? I think so, and here's why. Um, you know, one of the things I, I asked Amy Williams before the Iowa game was, how have you kept your team focused and away from the noise here on Super Bowl Sunday with the Caitlin Clark Circus is what I called it. And she said, you know, we've embraced it. You know, I told everybody, you're, you're not going to go through this again, so let's enjoy it. And I think I really like that. That was refreshing from a coach, I thought. She's so stinking um, competitive. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, really, she is, and I love that about Amy. And so I don't think the, the Huskers are going to have a hard time staying focused because of their leadership with Markowski and Jazz Shelley, but, but especially with Amy Williams. So I think missing the NCAA tournament last year, didn't sit well with those two. And I really think Jazz Shelley, a major reason she came back here was to get back to the NCAA tournament. So I think they're very focused on that, and they put themselves in a great position. Um, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't put too much into that Ohio State loss. The, the margin, I think, is what gets people. It got away. Uh, look, Ohio State, I think, is, is a Final Four team. They've got – Yeah, they got a lot of eight, pieces. Eight graduate – uh, students or second or fifth year seniors, they're grown women. And, and how, how about how they they weathered the storm against Ohio, Iowa to come back and win that game when they trailed for a good portion? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I love like I, I'm watching obviously, <laughs> Matt, and I'm like their poise. I think is undersold. No, it is, and what enough people aren't talking about is they added Celeste Taylor from Duke. Uh, as a fifth-year graduate student, she was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And I, I talked to Kevin McGuff about this just in private after the game. I said, Kevin, you have always tried to slow teams down with that suffocating backcourt trap. But then the knock on you has always been, if you can get Ohio State to play four-court defense, they're vulnerable. He goes, oh, yeah. I said, not anymore, not with Taylor. She made, that's a whole different dimension. So they're the complete package. And uh, the difference between Ohio State and Iowa is if we were playing a Red Rover game, you'd, you'd Red Rover and call Caitlin Clark on over, and that's it if you're Ohio State. You, nobody else on the Iowa team that you're going to replace. Ohio State's got a great starting five and a really good bench. And um, that's that's why I think they're the complete pack. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this, Matt, because you know I, I, I love your kind of analogies, and usually it's music, sometimes it's food. It's yeah. You're just creative. I, I refer to Jazz Shelley as kind of this reluctant superstar, right? She's very other-centered. She's super good-natured. People forget she was a four-star coming out. She's very, very yeah. capable. When you look at 
like her game and, and what this team needs, how much is she fighting her personality versus, uh, I think deep down, you know what, DB, she's got it in her. Like, what's that kind of balance look like for you down the stretch here? You know, I, I see where you're coming from there. I think that Jazz was pretty candid after the Iowa game that she's been in a funk lately, and, you know, and she's kind of finding herself. I really think it has taken her this long to learn how to play without Sam Hybe. Ah, good and, point. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you can you can have great players around you, but if you're not used to playing with them, you kind of have to relearn how you do things. Mm. And I don't think Jazz necessarily is a reluctant superstar. I think she's trying to figure out how she does that with the group of people around her. You know, Darian White um, has been out the last couple of games or been limited due to injuries, so there's been some different pieces in that backcourt, but, you know, sometimes you have to kind of find your way before you remember who you are, and I think what really is helping Jazz right now is that her grandparents are here and her mom is in country, and they're going to be here through the Big Ten tournament, Oh, nice! and uh, you can just see a calmness with Jazz Shelley with her family here, and I think that is that is something else. And also never forget, Izzy Bourne, you know, went on and played in the pros, and that's um, a, a similar-aged Aussie. And Jazz hasn't had her around this year. So it's been an adjustment period for Jazz. Happy she's come back. I really think that Iowa game gave her a huge boost that, hey, I am who I am, and this is how I do it. So yeah, that's what I think that, that we're going to see. Missing 25 minutes from Darian White, too. Like, that. Don't I? that's a good point, man. Mm-hmm. Don't, I don't want to undersell that. She – she logs heavy minutes. And, you know, and Darian wanted back for that Iowa game. I think probably most people would have set out that Iowa game. You know, Darian went out there, looked like the bionic woman out there with that leg wrap on. But, <laughs> yeah. Tough. Yeah, uh, I could drop the bionic woman. There's people out there going, what is he even talking about? <laughs> like, hey, I, I actually, so when I first started streaming, one of the thing there's there's three things that I went back and watched: the Incredible Hulk, the Bionic Woman, and the Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, uh, Steve Austin, a man. We can rebuild him. One of the greatest openings in television history. Yeah. You kidding me? That was great. Maddie, shout shout out Lindsey Wagner. Let's go. Appreciate you, MC. Hey, you guys are the best. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> That's Matt Coatney, play-by-play voice for Nebraska women's <laughs> basketball. <laughs> that last few minutes there was just a couple of old dudes remembering stuff that I wasn't born oh, for. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> the bionic woman, that was legit. I'm, I'm aware of the $6 million man. Like, I know the opening and stuff like that. I didn't really Oscar watch Goldman? it. Um, I'm aware of the Incredible Hulk because Sasquatch? Lou Ferrigno. I was, like, really into bodybuilding for a while, so I'm, I, I got the Lou Ferrigno deal. It's a great television show. Did I ever it tell was a you great viewing night. That I, well. I was in the same room as Lou Ferrigno once. <laughs> what, were you guys, like, benching together? No. Or, <laughs> like, one-year-old Robbie? This was the randomest thing in the world. So, my... Give me the weights. My, my ex before... Was he at Comic-Con? No, he was over I met him at... He, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned Comic-Con. I met him at a World of Wheels. <laughs> wow. No, he was over here across the street at, uh, at a wedding. 
at uh, one of the, at, Par- this, at this hotel over, I think the embassy over here. So my ex before we were married, okay, worked well, this over is there. a great story. I remember you telling me this. Yeah, he, he we worked. O- he, she worked over there in the banquets, and they used to have all these uh, weddings, especially like Indian families. They would have a ton of weddings over there. I don't know why that's just where the Indian families have their weddings. I don't. I didn't personally either one, but so. We, uh, can you imagine me saying, <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> where all the black people get married, man. I mean, I don't know why, man. That's just where all the brothers get married. It, it just is. Like, I don't know. They, they like the MZ Suites over there for some reason. Um, but I don't even know where that would be. So I am not going to say any comments. Yeah, please don't. I knew what was coming. Nope. There was going to be nope. some snark in nope. there. Nope, You're like, not a worry. I'm just. Moving on to my Lou Ferrigno story. So, um, I'm done. to be clear, I was not invited to this wedding. My ex is just you, working the, the, the wedding. You right? weren't like the others? And so um, she texts me, and she goes, hey, there's an Indian wedding going on here. You should come crash it. Were you offended? No, I wasn't at all. I was like, absolutely. I, well, my, no, my first question was open bar, question mark. Because, I mean, like, like, if you can get a drink, it doesn't matter if you kick you out or not. Like, worth it. Worth the time, right? So I like get all suited and booted and whatever. Like I get all dressed up and like wearing the suit and everything. And I so I roll up to the embassy to go to this wedding. And is this pre-wedding crashers? No, this is post. This is okay. post. Okay. But I mean, listen. If I'm being totally honest here, my dad probably knew one or both of the. Families. Oh my gosh! Here we go. Listen, my dad's a very social creature. And a lot of the Indian families, they go to the, they, you know, there's only the one Indian te- or Hindu temple here. So, like, the, a lot of, there's a lot of overlap. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I, oh. I roll up to this wedding. First thing I do, I go to the bar, get my drink. That way, if I get kicked out, I, that's a win, right? Yeah. So I'm getting there as they're kind of doing some speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go sit in the back. And one of the speeches, the guy goes, hey, I want to thank Lou for being here. Came all the way from Florida. And... I'm like, that's weird to just single some guy out. And then Lou Ferrigno stands up <laughs> out of the middle of the 400 Indian people. You've got the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I might have just killed Damon. I might <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm in the back of the room at this wedding I'm not supposed to be at. And the Incredible Hulk is like standing waving at people, being like, hey, thanks for calling me out here. And yeah, I ended up, nobody. Not you know what I'm dying to ask? Go for I it. think this is legit. Yeah. Is he bigger than everybody else in the room? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was the second biggest person in that room that night. I'm sorry. I was the second biggest. Per- I mean, my dad's like 5'3". It's a valid question. Oh. Um, I just was wondering. But no, it's, 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 so I was there the whole night. I was there the whole night. Not a single time. Did a person ask who I was or yeah. why I was there? Uh-huh. Just completely under the radar. Just act like you belong, huh? Absolutely. I was wearing the suit. I was. I ended up. I didn't know this at the time. I ended up dancing with the bride's sister for most of the night. No one asked who I was. <laughs> Me and the DJs were like taking shots of Patron because apparently, like Indian people love Patron. I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess it is. Um, <laughs> It is. And like, they were all about it. And so me and the DJ and is, then this guy. Is, is, do you think Sasha has the shakes right now or you think she's good? I'm just telling a personal story about a thing that happened in my life. I don't know how this is problematic at all. I would not have guessed Patron. I wouldn't have either. But it was like the thing that everybody, because I, 
I was sort of a hit at this wedding. So a lot of people were like, hey, let's go get a shot with this guy. <laughs> so maybe they knew I wasn't supposed to be there, but they were happy I was there anyway because mm-hmm. I, was, I was having a good time. Um, so they were just like, hey, let's go get a shot with this guy. And every single time it was Patron. Every time. Um, it may be where my affinity for tequila comes from, to be honest. It was like, man, that was a fun night. I enjoyed tequila. Um, <laughs> but no, and so I, I am there until the very end. Dancing with the bride's sister. I'm dancing like back to back with the groom at one point, And he just looks over at me. I was like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> um, no one ever asks who I am. So I'm there. And I am not well to drive home, right? And so I asked the, my ex who was working the thing. She's, I was like, hey, can you give me a ride home? And she's like, yeah, but I got to clean up and stuff. So I'm just drunk after this Indian wedding, helping, like, stack chairs and stuff in my suit. And then I get a ride home. But that's how I met Lou Ferrigno. Oh. I, you have any follow-up questions? It seems like you have a lot of things you want to say. I, I, <laughs> I'm glad it's just not always me like that steps in it during story time how did i step in it i thought i thought i thought that was a flawless story (laughs) i didn't think there's anything weird that happened there no 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 that's true all of that happened no generalizations no it's not generalization all those things it's stereotyping nothing there's no generalizations all those things actually happened no i'm with you all facts you didn't get lou mad or anything did you (laughs) no we wouldn't we you wouldn't know. like it when he's angry, right? Exactly. Uh, coming up next, oh. probably more of the show, unless they kick us off the air. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. More Hurt Sports Radio. Coming up next.